Hi, and welcome to Friday I'm in Love, Monday I Post Podcast. This is Gail. This is Michelle. It is Sunday, and we're going to write about Gen X, the cryptid generation, because apparently <laughs> a lot of people think it doesn't exist, and Gail and I are both members of it. So, but I ran across this thing on Twitter, and I tweeted it at Gail with, uh, did you see this, at Gail Storm. Uh, maybe we should do a podcast talking about our generation. Um, and it's from CBS News. It's one of the, it's a... Uh, Somebody took a screenshot from the Pew Research Center, major fail Pew Research Center, generation guidelines defined by year, the silent generation, 1928 to 1945, 73 to 90-year-olds, baby boomers, 1964, 1946 to 1964, 54 to 72-year-olds responsible for most of the trouble in the universe at the moment. Um, my parents were baby boomers, full disclosure. Millennials, born 1981 to 1996, 22 to 37 years old. <laughs> Post-millennials, also known as Gen Z, or Z. is that Gen Y? Anyway, he, um, born 1997 to present, 0 to 21 years old. Did you notice there's a gap between baby boomers and millennials? <laughs> Apparently no one was born between 1965 and what, 1981? 80. 1980. Bozier. Bozier, yeah. Is Bo a millennial or is Bo and us? My brother Bo is I think he, I think he's probably, he leans more us, he leans just more because us. he has three older siblings and no younger siblings. Yeah, and he got exposed to the same culture we right. did, because Joseph forced it on him. <laughs> yes, whether he wanted to or not. Joseph used to give him rock quizzes every night. Well, I read Jabberwocky to him every night I was at home, too. So he used to get the B-52s and Jabberwocky. <laughs> Uh, so no anyway. wonder he doesn't sleep. <laughs> and then when he would visit us for a while, and or when he moved in with us, he played the moody blues to the point <laughs> where it drove yeah. Gail insane because he couldn't sleep without music. And so there would be nights in white satin looping all <clears throat> night long in the downstairs. Mm-hmm. I would get up and leave for work at 5 o'clock in the morning, and it would still be on. <laughs> yeah, so we'll take Bo for that. Generation Cryptid, which is also yes. known as Generation X, which apparently the Pew Center, CBS, and so many people have not heard of. And if they've heard of us, they say we are disaffected slackers. The yeah. millennials didn't even get that first. We did. <laughs> yes. Um, I just read in, uh, the Wikipedia entry on Gen X, and there was one paragraph that said, yeah, cynical, disaffected, oh, shoot, one of the... But anyway, cynical and disaffected, like three times. Like that's the entire defining characteristics. It's it's just really annoying. Yeah. But hey, at least they had an entry and recognized that there were people who were born <laughs> during the Gen X years. <laughs> so, um, Douglas Copeland is apparently responsible for the term Gen X because for a long time we didn't have a name. <laughs> we were the baby busters or the... I the the what, Gen the, 13. Gen 13. Teen. Yeah. Just, but Gen X, it finally stuck. It finally it stuck. It didn't stick until, what, 1990 or something? When a lot of us were more than 20 years old. So... <laughs> Oh, apparently part of the problem is that we are sandwiched between 
80 million baby boomers and 76 million millennials. <laughs> and there's only 46 million of us? Yeah. And that was before AIDS took a chunk out of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently there were fewer people born during the Gen X years because that's when the pill came into use. And so women didn't have to have more babies, and so they didn't. Yeah, so we're trying to figure out what caused the boost in the millennials. Oh, war. (laughs) War? No. There weren't wars in the 80s. Oh. Grenada. (laughs) (laughs) The build-up to Grenada, that's why there are so many millennials. That's got to be it. And people coming back from Grenada. It was such a such an amazing time. VG Day. <laughs> Apologies to anyone who actually got to go and rescue people from Grenada. Grenada. And that was never. That's not any uh, on any of these lists of what generation know. <laughs> The defining event. You realize most of our listeners have no idea what we're talking about. Yes. So. Tag, you're oh, <laughs> I don't even remember when Grenada happened. I think it was sometime during Reagan's first term. Wasn't it when we were in school? Oh, when we were in college? Grenada. I don't remember. No, Libya was when we were in college. I don't remember. But Grenada was this, well, it still is, this... Tiny island what do I look nation. Up Grenada U.S. incident. Or just look up Grenada. <laughs> I did, but it gave me tourists. So. Oh, okay. Um, the United anyways. States invasion of Grenada began on twenty fifth October nineteen eighty three. Okay, and ended. This is twenty five October. The invasion led by the United States of the Caribbean <laughs> island nation of Grenada, which has a population of about ninety one thousand, and is located. 160 kilometers north of Venezuela resulted in a U.S. victory within a matter of days. <laughs> so we did better in Grenada than the British did in the Falklands. Yes, that, that's a point. Why did the U.S. intervene in Grenada? Citing the threat posed to American nationals on the Caribbean... Yeah. There were like medical students there. And then we overthrew their government because that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And people call us cynical. Huh. Oh. oh, no. Actually, people died. Wow. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, apologies <clears throat> for Sorry. laughter. Mm. 8,000 soldiers, sailors, and one Marines who participated in Operation Urgent Fury, along with 353 Caribbean allies of the Caribbean Peace Forces. U.S. forces sustained 19 killed and 116 wounded. It was a real battle. Wow. Human forces sustained 25 killed, 59 wounded, and 638 combatants captured. Cuban forces? Huh. Hmm. Well, that was educational. We sound like asses, so maybe we are the slacker disaffected cynics. Maybe we are. Oh, well. <laughs> um, okay. So, apologies, Grenada. <laughs> Sorry, Grenada. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, yeah, that was one of the... The other political event was that the Berlin Wall fell. Well, okay, when we were little kids, there was Watergate. I mean, like, You just discussed it. Well, I... Okay, the first big national event that I remember was Nixon resigning. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, I, I vaguely remember, like, the last rocket taking off for the moon. The last, like, the Gemini. I don't I know. I remember being in school 
like some time and they put the TV up and took us all into the room so we could watch some kind of a launch. Hmm. Uh, and then I remember the Challenger explosion where I was at Northwestern. Yes. And yeah, that, that was, was... Yeah, we looked up 15 influential events that shaped <clears throat> Generation X, or we found an article, a business article, and the fall of Berlin Walls, number one, and the Challenger disasters, number two. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Generation X discovered a lot of things were dead <laughs> that people hadn't realized. I mean, there was no shiny Apollo 13 rescue. It was just the no. blink and people were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've just read that thing about how our generation was the first to think that, well, probably not, the sex can kill you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we were the first generation that got sex education because of the AIDS epidemic and were taught that sex can kill you because it could. Well, actually, I don't remember ever getting sex education to that effect, but... No, I don't either, actually. It must have been people. <coughs> people just after us, because I mean, my sex education class was in, what, 1981? Oh, I don't remember my high school health class. Yeah, my house, high school I health class the, was that. When they gave you an elementary school to warn you about Game menstruation and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah. So some of the other 15 influential events that shaped Gen X <coughs> as they were growing up. Energy crisis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonestown mass suicide. I kind of vaguely. vaguely yeah. I'm not sure if I remember when it actually happened. Happened, but everybody talks about drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah, so it's definitely. Um, rise of the personal computer. Yes, we yeah, saw that. We happen. saw that. My seventh grade math teacher, Mr. Kavalik, um, he was supposed to be my seventh grade math teacher, and he, um, I, they gave us all a test at the beginning, and I switched, got switched into a different math class. But yeah, he got his first computer in school that year, and like his class his classes that you learned nothing but computer stuff and then I didn't see him again until I was taking trig in high school and um he had a new computer and it was he was demonstrating hyperbolic functions and sine waves and stuff and all the trick stuff on his computer because um my trigonometry teacher was retiring and so he would take Fridays and Mondays off <laughs> and Mr. Kavala would come in funny, yeah and, you know, show us how trigonometric functions worked on the computer, which was much more interesting than actually solving trigonometric functions. Ben, it's okay. Um, so I always kind of wonder what would happen if I ended up in Mr. Kvalik's class when he was doing computer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my first exposure to computers, I was probably like seven or eight years old, and my dad would take me to his office sometimes when he was working for a school district, and he would have to go in for evening meetings with the board and stuff like that. And when my mom had, like, Sweet Adeline's rehearsal and stuff, he would take me with him and let me play with the computer there. Back when computers didn't have screens and everything was printed out. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I, I would, like, <clears throat> play the game where you, I, I would think of an animal on the computer would try to figure out what animal it was by asking me questions. And... Huh. I don't I mean my first experience with a computer was really when I went to Northwestern and um, Bert had a Mac classic and hmm. I helped him he, he let me use it so and I would help him write papers and so I got into Macs from that. Um hmm. I did find a slang thing once that was and I was surprised that most of the slang I grew up with from the 80s wasn't rock or surfer slang. Well, not that I was a surfer, but I grew up near the beach, but it was computer slang. 
And I think, and I wasn't really that into computers as a teenager, but there was movies and I guess maybe overlap with gamers for D&D stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have one friend in high school who was really into computers and like had the early modem and would actually, like in the, it, this would be the early, or the mid 80s, I guess like 83, mm-hmm. 84, he, he had stuff set up where he could talk to people in other states or other countries really? on his computer, yeah. So, yeah, well, the only experience I ever had with that was, like, ham, not, but my my mom's cousin did ham radio, so mm. old school talking with other people and other, my mother was very anti-technology, she thought she was, <clears throat> um, we couldn't have a video, any video games. I would play Asteroids when I went to babysit because I was allowed mm-hmm. to have computer um, video games in the house. And um, I also wasn't allowed to use a calculator to solve math problems. So I was like the only person who, I remember taking my um, organic chemistry final as a senior in high school and I was the only person who didn't have a calculator. <laughs> Well, it actually helped me on the SATs because I did stuff faster because I wasn't reaching for a cal. I had never gotten used to reaching for a calculator, mm-hmm. so I went. But organic chemistry without a calculator. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um. So anyway, Lockerbie flight bombing. Don't really remember that. I mean, I vaguely, no. but it would probably be different if we were anywhere in the United Kingdom. Hmm. <laughs> When did that happen? I don't know. They don't okay. have dates. Oh, that's a major fail on that. Three Mile Island meltdown. I remember that because we lived near a nuclear plant, so it kind of stuck in, and now we live yeah, near TMI, well, actually. So yeah. it's, now it's not Three Mile Island, it's TMI. Yeah, corporate layoffs. Uh, oh, well, that my dad got. Yeah, that happened. My dad got downsized from GM, so mm. I guess it was a part of that. Um, Rodney King beating. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was early 90s, so we were already here then. Yeah, Iranian hostage crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that cost an election, basically. Yeah, it did. The reason Reagan got elected. Yeah. 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 Republicans get help from foreign countries <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Stock market decline. Eh, happens on and off. I'm... I'm actually remember the one in 87 really vividly because I was that was when I had an internship in Tucson and all all the editors were sitting at their computers watching their stocks fall and because hmm. I guess they had 401ks um, or whatever was before 401ks uh oil tanker spill kind of remember mm-hmm. There was a period when there was a lot of that stuff. Operation Desert Storm, yeah. Yeah. Terrorism at the Munich Olympics, don't really remember. Don't remember. Well, we were kind of young then. I was 72. Well, okay, but if we're talking about Gen X, we're the oldest of the Gen Xers. Yeah, so I think 70. that's inaccurate. Yeah, that's not Well, inaccurate. I suppose... Well, I mean, that's not... That's not my list no, of events that would... I mean, I would take probably, <clears throat> but... Those are probably, I mean, five of them I wouldn't, but let's talk about something pleasant. What news events do you remember growing up? 
Well, I remember Watergate, and well, okay, a lot of my memories were more local events. Like yeah. there was a huge tornado outbreak on April third, nineteen seventy four. Like I remember Atlantic City getting casinos. Yeah. And I remember Geraldine like, Ferraro running for vice president. Yeah. I mean, that's huge, and that and should be mentioned somewhere. It <laughs> should be. And like I remember when busing started in Louisville because that was happening to me. Yeah. And yeah, I like the race secretariat riots. was running. Oh, secretariat. Yeah. Yeah. The triple crown was so much bigger then. Yeah, it was. I remember secretariat. I'm pretty sure I saw the Belmont. You probably did. Yeah, because yeah. my parents were big in horse racing. I was basically raised to be a professional gambler. Mm-hmm. I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I wasn't, you know, um, so, yeah, actually, I probably did go see the Belmont. You mean you were actually at the Belmont? I don't know. Oh. No, I might have gone somewhere else to see. To watch it. Like yeah. I figured we used to go to Laurel to see races sometimes, mm. but I don't know when that started exactly. Yeah. Oh, we were talking about, we were looking at all these movies lists, the movies mm. that define clerks, and everybody talks about Empire Records, and they talk about the John Hughes movies, and the only John Hughes movie I really liked is Ferris Bueller, because Ferris Bueller is freaking mm. awesome. Well, I have to say, I, The Breakfast Club was like a perfect thing for me, because... I actually went to see The Breakfast Club with a group of friends from high school. Hmm. So, I mean, that was perfectly how you're supposed to see it. I only saw it the one time until we watched it again. I don't Hmm. even know. Not even that long ago. And, yeah, it's... That really resonates with me just because I saw it with my friends. Well, I remember more about Say Anything because my dad loved it. My dad is a huge <laughs> chick flick fan. So he, of course, loved it. Well, no, because he likes it when the smart girl likes the athletic guy. His life is the smart girl likes the athletic guy. So he had major, major connection with the John Cusack character, you know, in the in your eyes tonight. And I probably played that on the radio much more than I should. But now I can't watch John Cusack anymore movies anymore because I've been banned from them because we can't watch John Cusack music movies anymore because we fight after every single (laughs) one because apparently I identify too much with the John Cusack characters so and Michelle takes offense at it so we just cannot watch any more John Cusack music movies oh well Yeah, sad but true. Um, mm, Oh, right, but there's only a couple of lists that include Clerks, and I think Clerks is one of the most important movies from the 80s, because basically, I mean, it was one of the first DIY... 90s. Well, for... Okay, for Gen X. Because it was one of the first DIY do-it-yourself movies, pretty much. I mean, Kevin Smith was a huge cultural phenomenon at the time. Yes. I mean, he turned Clerks... In, and Clerks is also... I worked in a convenience store in New Jersey, and aside from the dead body, pretty much, and the fact that we had marshmallow fights instead of playing hockey on the roof, <laughs> nearly everything <laughs> happened. <laughs> it's true. Uh-huh. I mean, Clerks is like growing up in Jersey. It's exactly growing up in Jersey. Mm. Um, and then um, we were also discussing how... If you're not familiar with Clerks or if Clerks and Mallrats and etc. aren't on your movie list, you probably don't know who Joey Lauren Adams is. Yeah. And um, you should watch, what is it, Beautiful with Minnie Driver? It's Sally Fields directed yes. it. Yes. 
and she's in it and Minnie Driver's in it and it's about beauty pageants and it's actually it's like the serious version of Miss Congeniality as yeah. I think of it somehow and mm-hmm. and smaller but it's a really gorgeous little movie and you should watch it because Minnie Driver's awesome Joe Lauren Adams is actually awesome mm-hmm. and is way underutilized as an actress she basically disappeared after I mean her voice is very unique and I think that's part of why she's well, I don't know and- and Hollywood just cycles out women so quickly. Well, Hollywood cycles out the ingenue blondes even faster than anyone. Yeah. Anything else. Really. I mean, occasionally they will get an Oscar. Sometimes they'll get an Oscar for being in a Woody Allen movie. And anyone who watches Woody Allen movies at this point is just... Ugh. I think the last one I watched before all of the Woody Allen horror... <laughs> was Bullets Over Broadway, which was actually quite funny, but I don't really think that you can separate the artist and the art in many no, cases. Really. I'm currently struggling with H.P. Lovecraft and the racism, and if I should have, if you have to give up the old... <sighs> Culture is a terrible thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right. Back and to, to go Gen along X. with our Gen X talk, <laughs> I was reading something just now that said that... Um, Gen Xers are the least racist group in the U.S., which I find fascinating myself because I grew up with busing for desegregation purposes, and I can see that in the people that I know. People who got bused are less racist than people who didn't, and people who grew up with integration in their schools are less racist than people who grew up in for the most part in more racially segregated areas yeah Gail got bust in Louisville and then she voluntarily went back to the inner city high school after yeah I think that's a subject for a whole other podcast yeah but to to the point you just just didn't go and get bust you continued in that environment voluntarily (laughs) much uh, I was very surprised that her parents uh, let her but yeah that is probably Mm -hmm. an episode for another podcast I grew up in a really homogenous location um my I've basically been airlifted out of Newark during the race riots out to Ohio Mm -hmm. as an infant um and my dad used to talk about the gang fights that she, he was a nice Catholic boy he went to a nice Catholic school um and can I use words I don't think you okay. should anyway he used to describe he did not use he never used the n-word um but he would describe the breakdown of you know the Irish gangs and the Puerto Rican gangs and the black gangs and the, how they would fight and it all seemed very mm-hmm. surreal and um and I never picked up any racism it seemed more like sports teams the way he talked about it honestly mm-hmm. no i'm serious and he mm-hmm. very vocally you know he would tell me he wrote in jesse jackson for president and things like that <clears throat> and he moved us we moved out of nork and irvington i would have been a very different person i think if i'd grown up in the city yeah. and into the middle of nowhere jersey until south jersey until they opened up atlantic city and people started to move in there because it was cheap um and there was one black family in it was no he was I mean it was no different he was no different from any other jock on the football team and we had a really bad football team so none of them were any good um and then I went to college and 
discovered the minority engineering opportunity program people um my that northwestern had um my next door neighbor on both sides were both black women from one was from roanoke one was from chicago and um they we leslie and i didn't i actually probably was mad crushing on leslie but um this goes right along with my weakness for brunettes mm-hmm. um and it, <clears throat> there didn't seem we talked about the same stuff music and mm-hmm. all that um, yeah that's true when i was living in foster my closest friends were the black woman who won, black woman who lived next door and the black woman who lived across the hall hmm. yeah northwestern seemed pretty <clears throat> diverse yeah it did So, maybe this is a good time to pause for our sponsor. Oh, yeah. And we're back. And we're going to work our way back to movies from racial diversity by means of MTV. Yes. And how we are. That was another one of the generation descriptions. Yeah, the the MTV MTV generation. generation. Um, And Gail had a point of how we were the first generation with cable. So... We so, could watch movies over and over, over again. Over again, because if you if you had the cable in the early years, like HBO would run Stripes five times a day, or a National Lampoon movie five times a day. Or my <laughs> or, little brother watched ET so much, I would come home sometimes, <laughs> and he would be in front of the TV watching ET. It would drive me nuts. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing. Just. I saw he's seen it in parts. I saw Titanic the same way because my dad's a massive Titanic fanatic. <laughs> um, so I think most of those I saw the ending first, and then I would pick up bits and pieces. It's like with the Christmas Story. Whenever you watch it on on TBS, TBS, you just catch parts of it. Yeah, and catch things you, you out of start order. in whenever it's on, yeah. whenever it's on in that particular time. Yeah, but MTV started with the music videos, and they were mini movies. They really were, uh, especially like. Thriller. Yeah, or Take On Me. I love, uh-huh. I yeah, love that. Well, I love animated me. stuff. That's another That's another one of my standout movies is Who Killed Roger Rabbit. Mm. I mean, that was amazing. Yeah. Kath, the, you know, the Jessica Rabbit animation, the mm-hmm. Kathleen Turner, and how Bob Hoskins fit into all of that, and how truly terrifying Christopher Walken, yes. wasn't he in, could be? Mm-hmm. He was part of that, wasn't he, or was it? Yeah, I think so. No. No. Was the dude who played Doc Brown? Yeah. Yeah, him. Back we, to the Future, that's another... Back to the Future, I've Gen- discovered Jack's that movie. Marty McFly is one of my major fashion influences. <laughs> when we recently watched Back to the Future on the big screen. Because it was the 30th anniversary. Yeah. Or it was the date that they were supposed to be jumping to. Yeah. Yeah. And it was actually kind of fun. I mean, I think I blanked the... The sequels after? Yeah, I don't think I ever saw the sequels. Yeah, well, there was one that involved the Wild West. I probably wouldn't see that because I'm yeah. a sucker for the Wild West. But we went to see Michael J. Fox movies a lot because we saw we did. Doc Hollywood. Was yes. That one of his? Yeah, that, that was, was. kind of goofy fun. That was really goofy fun. And then there was Spin City. That was fun. Yeah, Spin City. He was he's very funny. He's so funny. Yeah. Although we didn't really watch. I suppose we kind of watched. Um, don't worry, he was a conservative. Family ties. Family, family ties. That was there. like when we were in college. Yeah, I know. So, 
I watched reruns occasionally. Yeah. Not as often as I watched reruns of Silver Spoons. <laughs> I watched reruns of Silver Spoons for Aaron Gray. Oh, mind you. When Gail was off at grad school, because mm-hmm. Aaron Gray was in uh, which Buck Rogers in the 20th century. And another one of my early crushes before mm-hmm. I figured out I was gay. That's another difference in the 80s, because everyone was not so connected and... A lot of stuff was still under the radar, and so you nowadays you can figure out you have you kind of get shoved into pop culture and dating culture and too early, I think. I think sometimes. it is really early. I mean, it's wonderful that people you know you have options. You know, if mm-hmm. you're trans, you can be more aware that maybe you're not locked into something you don't want to be locked into. Mm-hmm. If you're gay, you can be aware that. You can look at a uh, Kristen Stewart on screen and say, as Joan Jett, and say, "Ooh," mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or you can look at Joan Jett and say, "Ooh," yeah. <laughs> or you know, Ariana Grande or Lady Gaga whoever. or whoever. Yeah. Um, Haley, how do you pronounce her last name? Kiako, the one from Lemonade Mouth, and she's also doing really gay videos. She's very out there. Is she? Yeah. Cool. Kill's not that up on. Current pop music people. No. I keep up on current pop music people and women's soccer. Yes. Um, Madonna. Madonna wasn't on any of those lists. No Madonna movies no, were either. Well, Madonna, well, Desperately Seeking Susan. Desperately Seeking should should have been on some. Yeah. yeah. And I love Who's That Girl. Mm-hmm. Griffin Dunn is another weird 80s mm-hmm. dude who pops up and stuff. And Peter, um, the, yeah, Griffin Dunn. Because he's in Who's That Girl? And he's in that Dolly Parton movie with James Woods. Isn't he Straight Talk? Straight Talk, is he? Yeah. Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, well, that's a fun movie, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dolly Parton is wonderful. And yeah, Dolly Parton's great. She's a hoot in that. We were actually going to be talking about food and or food dates and movie dates, but now we're getting the... Gen X does exist because we are members, and this is the culture that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana Jones and... Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Star Wars. Star Wars. And we Star just... Wars was so huge. Yes. Because I mean, it came out in 76, right? 77. 77. Yeah. I actually, my fifth grade class took a field trip to go see the first Star Wars movie. And it is it might be number four, but it is always going to be the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> oh, God. That's what all those Gen X things were missing. The Bicentennial. Oh, yeah. The Bicentennial was, was huge. That was enormous. 200 years of America. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, everyone stand America. I mean, yeah, like two years of school was all oh. about the Bicentennial. Yeah, we took class trips to Philadelphia. <laughs> I think in fifth grade we went to Philly. See the Liberty Bell and stuff. Because it was all about the Bicentennial in American mm-hmm. history. And go around July 4th. 1776. The Orwell book, The Turn of the Century, The 20 Year Bicentennial. Party like it's 1999. Party like it's 1999. You know, all those things. And now, um, 
we're gonna get hit with the twenties again because mm-hmm. things from the twenties are there. Been there's been a twenty year gap of things coming into the public domain. So apparently, the jazz age has been kind of left out culturally of what people could access free. And now, um, after a twenty year drought, thanks to Mickey freaking Mouse, um, <laughs> things from nineteen twenty three are currently in the public domain. So if you find something from nineteen twenty three, have some fun with it and let us know. Yeah. Because we're looking for stuff to adapt, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to look and see which P.G. Woodhouse is out there. And there's a couple of Robert Frost poems. And there's something in 1924 that's a super top secret project. Shh. That I'm going to see if I can <laughs> do something with. Um, it's fun. <laughs> so, movies, music. What else? You wanted to go back to movies for some reason. Oh, just because there was that list. And, the, yeah, there was the Indiana Jones movies and... Aliens. Aliens. Terminator. And Terminator, yeah. And Die Hard. Everyone in my family's favorite Christmas movie. Well, not mine. I like The Bishop's Wife. But we used to have these terrible, terrible wars on Christmas Eve um, with my grandmother who would come and stay with us because she did not acknowledge that Die Hard was a Christmas movie and my brother Joseph would watch nothing else on Christmas Eve. And so, um, well, she objected to the violence. She objected to the language. And so it was just... A culture war right in the living room on Christmas Eve where my grandmother would be extra frowny while playing Pinochle while Die Hard was on the TV because it was part of Joe's locked-in Christmas tradition. Now, how did that happen if your grandmother was there on every Christmas Eve? How did it get to be a locked-in tradition? I don't know. Okay, sorry. Because we're stubborn, all of us. Uh, That's true. Okay. They might have been going out sometimes. Sometimes people went out and did things, and we stayed at home and watched the movies. <laughs> yeah, okay. no. Yeah. Joe and I were pretty self-sufficient. Yeah. We got left a lot. Um, I remember watching the BBC version of Douglas Adams' The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That was fun. I keep wanting to read, wanting to let you watch it, because mm-hmm. PBS ran that. PBS did mm-hmm. some fun stuff. I used to watch British stuff. I can't believe my parents only watched The Avengers. Mm-hmm. That was spooky. That was, yeah, that's just, some of those are really creepy. Some of those are really creepy. The Avengers with Diana Rigg, I'm, I think, Diana, it's a toss-up between who my first actual crush was, Diana Rigg or Barbara Felton. Who mm-hmm. was your first crush? I have no idea. You like all the blonde ladies with flippy hair in <clears throat> movies? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. So, oh, like, okay. The Avengers and Babysitting Person? Elizabeth Shue, Karate Kid, Karate Kid. I if Karate Kid comes up on cable and I'm watching cable, mm-hmm. I always have to watch the movie through wherever it mm-hmm. goes from. No, not her. No, Meg Ryan. You like Meg Ryan? We just watched like... Harry Met Sally. Yes, so. when Harry Met Sally was. You like Meg Ryan because that was a fun date when we went to see Working Girl, mm-hmm. which we won't discuss the details of. But Meg still. Ryan wasn't in that. Oh, Melanie, Melanie Griffith. Griffith. That's who. Yeah. Yes. Um. I get blondes confused. You don't. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver was also in it, though. And yes. Harrison Ford. Yes. Surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford in a non-gun-wielding role. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's about as much detail as I remember about that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Bull, no, Bull, oh yeah, Kevin Costner in sports movies, because Field of Dreams mm-hmm. is on that list too. Yeah. 
Uh, Bull Durham was also on that list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bull Durham yes. was one of my favorite movies. I love baseball movies. Not Field of Dreams. I Field of Dreams. I don't know that I've ever watched Field of Dreams because it seems too sappy and sentimental for me. And I'm, oh, I don't like those kind of movies. Yeah, the kind of movies that are strictly designed to give men a, a reason to cry. No. But Hoosiers wasn't on that list. And yes, Hoosiers. It it, I didn't. The you one. Read? The first Hoosiers. Did I? Yes. Oh, well, Hoosiers is a sports movie that I've watched several times because mm. that makes you cry for the right reason. <laughs> it's a true story, isn't it? I think. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. Mm. When did The Cutting Edge come out? That was like 92, mm. 90s. What's on our Four. shelves? Okay, Four. so movies, books. 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 I mean, we were we grew up pre Harry Potter. Yeah, true. We grew up pre Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter didn't come out until we were, no, thirty. Yeah. Um. Well, I used to read Nancy Drew and. Yeah, Nancy Drew. Nancy I, I was really big on Little Women and Little yeah, Men. Yeah, me too. Who's male? Oh, and the Little House on the Prairie books. Yeah, those are problematic now, apparently. Yeah. Um, and then the Little House on the Prairie TV shows. I remember mm, watching yeah, those. Yeah, that was huge. And what are books? Well, I've read The Hobbit and stuff like that. The Hitchhiker Guide. Hitchhiker's Guide, yeah. Series. We grew up right when Dr. Seuss was like in his prime, I think. Oh my god, Mr. Rogers. And Mr. Rogers. Mr. Yes. Rogers. Mr. Mr. Rogers. Rogers raised me, not my baby boomer parents. Sorry, Mom. Mm. Oh, Mom's not, my mother's not listening to this. No. And my brother probably brothers well, not Bo so much. Yeah, the gap between Bo and us was partly because like by the time Bo came around, mm. um, my mom was pro video games and so Bo basically I would go home and find him playing Nintendo alone, throw him in the car, and bring him out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he like the entirety of parental shut down on electronic devices. So in the space of fifteen years, that had changed. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, one of the defining characteristics of our generation is that we're self- more self sufficient than others, because the baby boomers, when baby boomers were kids, everything was about kids, and then when Baby boomers grew up, everything was about adults because now the baby boomers were adults. And so those of us who were kids at that time just kind of got left out. Oh, yeah, we got the latchkey generation too. Yeah, latchkey generation. A lot of people, that was right when the economic stuff started to get bad and people had to. Like lots of mothers had to go get jobs. jobs. Because my mom did that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was after I was in. I think that was after I. That was right like my senior year in high school so it didn't impact me as much as it did my siblings mm-hmm. but like my mom thought. well I don't know that it had any generational impact or whatever but my mom uh, was a teacher she well she was a secretary before I was born and then she went back to school and got a degree and became a teacher when I was like three and yeah I grew up daycare and after school programs and all that sort of thing and yeah I, I didn't ever have daycare I don't think Bo I don't think even Bo did hmm. well I mean I did sports after school and stuff like that I was, I was always busy I was always finding ways to get out of the house yeah I was going to say something about the baby boomers I forget anyway okay we are drifting I am drifting yes so we should probably wrap this up
Yes, we should probably wrap this up. So anyway, that was our rant about how we, Generation X, may be cryptids, but we do actually exist and you can meet us in the wild or listen to our <laughs> podcast. So um, go watch a movie and tell us which movies you'd like to hear us review of our of that we grew up on or books or mm-hmm. music or whatever. Yeah, let us know your opinion of Gen X. And... Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. I once again forgot to <laughs> unlock my phone. Um, all right. So anyway, this is Michelle. And this is Gal. And this was Fridays I'm in Love. Mondays I post podcasts. Sunday nights I rant about being Gen X and proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks. And we will see you again in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Anybody have anything you want to hear us talk about? Drop us a message. Look us up on Twitter, Patreon, or Instagram. Bye. Bye.